This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Draft Podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It's here, guys. The day is finally here. We're talking quarterbacks. Wow. 2023 class. Not sure if this is going to be extremely relevant to the Broncos' future, per se, but it's going to be fun to get into all this, and you never know who they might be looking at in the mid-rounds. You got an older quarterback, so it's it's going to be a fun discussion. Looking forward to getting into it with Andre Simone, Jake Schwanitz. The whole crew is here. We're back in action. Guys, how's everybody doing? Good, man. I'm tired. It's been a long week. <laughs> He's, uh, that, that, beats, that beat keeps him busy, you know? Um, we love to... We love to hear it, Jake. I'm doing great, man. I'm really excited about this. Low-key, maybe maybe there's just been a little prospect fatigue on this quarterback class. Am I tripping for saying this quarterback class is uh, pretty stinking good? It's intriguing. Oh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, I, that's, I mean, that's all I had to say was it's, it's intriguing. I think there's a lot of guys that you can kind of fall in love with. I don't know if there's necessarily outside of the top two, like a ton of people I feel like extremely confident want to pin my name to like, this is that guy, but you can see an upside with quite a few of these guys. Go ahead, Jake. I feel like outside of Bryce, this class is not as good as we thought it was. And at the same time, not as bad as we thought it was. That's kind of what I was trying to say to Dre before we started recording. I was like, watching all of this made me feel conflicted because on a couple of guys, it like totally reaffirmed how I felt. I was like, yes, they're great. And then on a couple other guys, I was just like, I don't understand the hype at all. I can see the raw traits, but it's, it's a weird group. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of wacky after the first two. And maybe that is, uh, where we should start here, you know, is Bryce Young, CJ Stroud might be the only um, tier where we have a consensus in this group, unless one of you decides to go against <clears throat> what we've been on all year long, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault you for, but I think this has been a pretty pro Bryce Young podcast, even when Bryce Young was far from the consensus top guy in this class. Now that doesn't mean the NFL won't screw it up because our guy is a legit tiny King. He is small. Um, 
but his profile is that rare profile where you kind of feel good about him, even in spite of that size. And Jake, this is something I've heard you talk about. So I'm just going to like dish it off to you, man. The guy's amazing. He wins football games and wins them in style better than anyone else in this class. I mean, literally, if this guy had two more inches and like 15 more pounds, we're talking about him in the same class, like areas Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I don't know. I'm willing to look past that and uh, just bet that he lands in a good situation that can kind of hide some of those flaws. And um, I mean, he's going to put on some, a little bit of weight and stuff. He'll be okay in that department. So um, he's a star. He's a stud. First overall pick. That's what he should go. Trust your eyes. Just trust your eyes when you've watched Bryce Young. And I think it's certainly fair to bring up the size. And we've talked about that a million times. It just, your odds of getting injured go up significantly. That's a part of the equation with Bryce Young. You have to at least mention it. He's so elusive in the pocket. He's so smooth and under control when there's pressure in his face. He throws with anticipation. His vision is, is just tremendous. He doesn't have like Elway zip, but he can stretch the field and he can zip it in there on the short to intermediate stuff. Like there was never any point where I was worried about him, you know, getting it in there and then having defenders jump the routes. I just, I watched him for two straight years consistently elevate his team in the biggest moments, consistently perform when the lights are brightest. And CJ Stroud played great against Georgia. I think that elevated him in a, in a, in a just a, to an extent, I guess, but nobody did it as consistently as Bryce Young did at Alabama. And I know they came up short in that Tennessee game, but if you watch him and what he did to lead that offense back into the game in that crowd, man, it could have gotten away from him. Obviously, didn't make the national championship, but I don't think you can hold that against him. And quite honestly, I mean, a couple of years ago, everyone was saying the same thing about Devontae Smith. He's too small. It's not going to translate. Hasn't skipped a beat at the NFL. Trust your eyes. He has performed so consistently for two years now. Trust what you're seeing. Yeah, consistency is the big one for him. He is undoubtedly the most consistent quarterback. And I really think it comes down to his poise. The man is not rattled. The man has such pocket composure, um, such like sneaky mobility and ability to adjust and tweak his body in the pocket to avoid the hit or extend the play and still get the ball out. And that's the other trait. I think that's where he really is special is he gets the ball out and it gets where it needs to be on a frozen rope with nice, you know, anticipation and timing. Uh, he throws guys open, which is not something you can say about a lot of college quarterbacks. That really comes down to arm strength, man. You could not do that if you weren't able to pump out easy cheese off of awkward platforms. And he might not be, his awkward platforms don't look as awkward, but he is able to just bust that thing out um, in a timely manner because he is extremely poised and because his arm talent is off the charts. And that's where, you know, si size is a much bigger concern for like, Stenson Bennett and you wonder how much is that arm going to need to like grow into itself and given the size and the age the margins might just not be there Bryce Young you have none of those concerns because regardless of his size that arm pumps out 
like just easy. And you see the poise um, in that Auburn game in the Iron Bowl at the end of last year, where I think he really kind of put one hand on the Heisman Trophy. They were done and dusted. They could not block um, Auburn at all. And yet he strung together a couple incredible drives because he just would not give up. And then that game against Georgia last year, the SEC title, when his receiving core was was healthy, he took it to one of the greatest defenses I've ever seen, just annihilated them. I mean, attacked them vertically, got, got to his checkdowns when he needed to, got to his crossers, and was throwing guys open. He is a very advanced prospect, and you like the tools, you like the physical tools, and you really like the mental tools. The only concern is the margins. The only concern is the margins, given that size. And you did kind of see it in a non-contact injury this year, which does give you some concern. And like, you know, Kyler, Baker, Tua, these guys have had issues. Even, even Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. I feel like those guys, once they got to the second half of the season, they it was harder for them to play their best football because those Knicks get to you and it's harder to overcome them the way, uh, I don't know, Big Ben or Joe Flacco might, you know, who do have that size advantage. This is a guy who was a former five-star recruit, first recruit in the nation, according to 247. I mean, it's been there the whole time. I go back, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was during the COVID year when Mac Jones was slinging it around and we were doing this show. And I can't remember which game it was, but Alabama was beating the shit out of someone. And Bryce Young comes in as a true freshman. And I don't even know why I was watching this game. It's late in the game. It's a blowout. And he is slinging darts. At that moment, I was like, this guy's different. Um, and really, after last year, I haven't changed these rankings at all. I think he solidified them after what yeah. you said, Dre. That deep ball in the Kansas State Bowl game was the most impressive throw I saw any quarterback make in college football this season. <laughs> I'll just say, like if, like Dre said, if you have any questions about his arm talent, I, I just I don't see that. Like, yes, you're worried about him staying healthy long term. That's the that's the big concern, and I think Ryan Rosillo talks about it a lot with Kyler. It's not necessarily that initial injury; it's the recovery time. It just seems to take these small guys way longer to get over the you know day-to-day hits that a guy like Ben Roethlisberger is just going to be able to absorb a lot more easily. Yeah. But man, I just I haven't seen a college quarterback in a long time operate with as much precision and confidence as Bryce Young and there was never a moment as an Alabama guy where I ever felt like they don't have a chance when he's out there. Like he just has that Brady, that Manning quality burrow where it feels like if you give him the ball back, you're gambling. And mm-hmm. I, I get that the it's you know kind of a gamble with the with the margins and all that, but man, the upside on this guy is through the roof. And if you're potentially passing on a generational quarterback because he might get hurt, that's a tough one to swallow if you watch him, you know, kill it for the next decade. His lower half just needs to be intact, you know. That's the concern. Is like, and he'll put on twenty pounds, like you said. Like he has to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How large of a gap is he ahead of your guys' second quarterback? Who I'm assuming is CJ Stroud. <laughs> That's the thing, man. Um, this comes down to 
why I've struggled to actually implement like full-blown grades to my draft rankings because I think if I were to grade these out, I think CJ Stroud might have a, a slight advantage, but Bryce Young in my heart is is the top dude because of everything we just said. CJ Stroud just checks off every box. Um it, he he doesn't have the poise or ability to succeed under pressure that Bryce has, but that's I mean what Bryce has shown this early in his career is pretty rare. Um, so holding him to that standard is probably unfair. He obviously has the size advantage. And I think he's he's shown some real improvements on throwing on the move and um, you know, making plays under duress, which is again the the like slightest knock on CJ Strout versus Bryce Young. Again, though, like I think with these quarterbacks. You do from these type of top end programs, you need to consider that they're coming from top end programs at high schools and then they come into like Ohio State. They come into so they're used to actually having an even matchup once a season. So it's just different. Like it's something you got to adjust to when you're doing it once a year. And I think that's where CJ Strouts made some strides and I think has some really important upside. He checks off every box. And I think the, the, upside it might be higher and because of the size the ceiling might be slightly higher so that's where it's like shit if you really graded these out maybe cj strout would grade out just slightly above so i think it's not that much more for me jake i, I they're kind of like right there they're kind of one and two overall for the entire class to me just because of the positional value interesting where are you at on this? how where's the gap I just I value the mobility and what I get from Bryce in that department so much more. We saw it from CJ in that Georgia game, and I think that's what made this evaluation so tough. Is you go back and look at the film, and it's just not there. It's literally non-existent in the other games. And then this Georgia game, it's like, well, now if this is the player I'm getting, now I have a completely different like realm of thought about him. But then you go back and look at the film, like the Notre Dame game wasn't really moving um, and trying to like find windows against pressure too much. He got, he kind of got into the game. I will um, say towards the end of that Notre Dame game, he makes one throw where he's, it's a boot. He's going to his left and he just like pencils one into the left sideline. That's just like a monster throw. So you're right. He won't do it, but then he makes a couple plays like that. And it's like, Holy shit. If he has this in his bag, yeah, no, I know it's the the anticipation and the ability to like make those layered throws with touch and everything. It's oh. probably best in this class, but it's yeah. I don't know. I I do wonder if too much of his game is predicated on those timing routes and stuff like that. So you're gonna need to be in an offense that really allows that to flourish. And I'm trying to get away from saying guys need to be in Kyle Shanahan type offenses because I think after this year, it's almost like, well, that offense is kind of quarterback proof. Yep. Um, but uh, I it's I have more questions, I think, than uh, I came into the evaluation with. Yeah, he just the elusivity is not quite there with Bryce Young, either in the pocket or when it comes to, you know, rolling out and trying to extend the play. 
I just struggle because I don't want to necessarily rip him for that because at the same time, right. like when I watch Will Levis and watch him consistently leave a clean pocket on a play that's still there <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, CJ at least trusts the play and understands that like this system works. These receivers are going to get open, get through the progressions. Another thing that he does incredibly well. Mm-hmm. He sees the field good. That's the thing. Like sometimes it's like, shit, I wish you wouldn't have went with that tight window check down timing check down. And you would have just bailed out of the pocket and tried for a bigger play because that's exactly. how we're wired now in 2023, where it's like, man, did you just leave a big play on the table? But it's almost crazy to knock a college kid for like, Oh, he took the check down and he's accurate enough to like squeeze I it know. in there. I, I like the decision making. I think that's kind of what separates yeah. him and Bryce from the rest of this crowd is just most consistently they put their offense in a position to succeed. You don't see the detriments. Like they don't necessarily always go for the, you know, the kill shot and it'd be great if they hit it, but they're also not doing the Josh Allen thing where it's, yeah, but they had 18 picks because they tried to force it into triple coverage. And as a coach, I can live with that. Right. So, I love how he operates the play action RPO game. I think he makes quick, confident decisions there. I mean, love the arm. Um, I don't think he has a top of the line arm in terms of like arm strength. I mean, uh, when he does gun it in there, it's not like, you know, a wow throw as you would see from like Bryce or <laughs> as you said, Josh Allen, some of those guys. But, um, is it a yeah, Joe man. Burrow arm who kind of has like, that's the same thing? Like, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, he's probably going to get like on the the NFL film nerd Twitter, they're probably going to pick apart some of his completions just because it's like, look at there's like lack of zip on this. So you're going to see some of that, but um, good, good quarterback, good player. Jake, can we play a quick game and try to be, try to be honest compared to where you felt the, about the 2021 class, would you draft Mm -hmm. CJ Strout ahead of T-Law? I assume no. No, you just said he's not that standard. Zach Wilson. Well, what's what I know now? Of course, I know, I know. But what you knew at the time? With what I knew at the time, I probably would have valued Zach Wilson's ability to like move and throw in the move. Fair enough. Trey Lance. Probably would have gone with the tools with Trey Lance. Yep. Okay. Fields. Definitely taking Fields over Stroud. Okay. And Mac Jones. Taking Stroud. Tua, go to 2020. Oh, man. I think I'm taking Stroud on that one. I was a Tua Uh fan, though, so that's tough. I know. The injuries really clouded the Tua evaluation. Herbert, you were kind of high on Herbert. I remember us having combos of like, man, Herbert's maybe being undervalued. But how high were you? I I wasn't. I don't think you were. I was as high as you think I was. And I think if they were in the same class, I'd probably pick Stroud. Tyler or CJ Stroud? I mean, in that class, I would have picked Kyler for sure in the 2019 class. Okay. If he's in this class, it's, I think I have Bryce over him and I think I have Kyler a bit above Stroud. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that gives us a little more of an idea where you handicap him compared to like the last three years. I mean, he's a first round quarterback. Absolutely. Jake stands a short king. We we represent all quarterbacks <laughs> on this here draft podcast. We love all bodies. We're we're inclusive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But guys, before we give our 
Next three, are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings mm. Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers can get in on Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. These are super tight, guys. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 4 and 7 p.m. Mountain Time. They're going to boost a different prop, so make sure you're not missing out on that. Dre, you're the the DNVR gambling expert. Mm. What are some props that people should check out? I know that this is just off the top of your head, but what are some areas in this game that are intriguing to you? There are so many things to pick from. I like the MVP special of sprinkling plus 900 on a tight end to win the MVP in this game. Mm. Interesting. I was going to ask you about that Mm. because you lose a little bit of value on giving up Kelsey just straight up. But mm-hmm. then you also have the Dallas Goddard component, and it's it's interesting with Philly. I like that a lot. Whatever you guys do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code DNVR. New customers bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to our friends at Jive Hive. Last night, we had a watch party for the Avs and Nuggets, the Jive Hive Guys came through, they're giving out shirts, all kinds of stuff. It was a fun night. But Jive Hive is a virtual dispensary on wheels that will deliver to you wherever you may be. Just check out jivehive.com, see if your address is in their delivery area. They can deliver you discreetly, um, privately, to the privacy of your own home, to your job. Even if you're already partying, Jive Hive has you covered. Visit jivehive.com, that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com, and get your order delivered the same day or scheduled delivery window. We'll be there to say hi. Head over to jivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Jivehive can deliver to your door. Now serving Aurora, Green Village, Monument, Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Finally, a couple of weeks ago, we were fortunate to broadcast live from Breckenridge Brewery. It was great. They truly hooked it up. The farmhouse is amazing. Make sure you check that out. But Breckenridge and DNVR have teamed up to give some lucky DNVR fans the ultimate game day experience, VIP tickets, club Lexus, access, parking, DNVR merch. We're hooking it up for Avs and Nuggets fans. On March 9th, we are doing the Avs giveaway against LA. Two tickets are going to be right behind the Avs uh, bench. I actually sat there earlier this season. It was super, super fun. Then on the 30th, we're giving away tickets against the Pelicans. Hopefully Zion will be able to go for that one. You're going to be courtside, guys. It's epic. Drinks are included. All you got to do is tip your servers. It's so much fun. Head to thednvr.com slash sweeps. You got to be 21 or older to enter. Winners will be selected one week before the show game or before the game. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery and check out the Breck Beer Locator to find a Breck Brew near you. This is where it gets interesting, guys. This is This is where the evaluation, I think, we're going to... Have some fun. So I guess we'll just go right into it. I'm going to put Jake on the spot. Who is your number three QB and why? Give me AR-15, Mr. Anthony Richardson coming out of Florida. Um, I don't think this guy is as big of a project as a lot of people think. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He's so young. He's not even 22 yet. We'll turn 22 in May. Oh yeah. Um, limited amount of work in terms of his, you know, passing attempts. I think he only has like 370 in his career. So he's kind of Trey Lance-ish in that, but 
Yeah. Love his arm motion. It's quick and whippy, but he can also bomb that thing. Um, he will be a factor in the quarterback run game in the NFL. He is amazing. I mean, it's like almost Cam Newton stuff, just throwing guys around, carrying bodies, coming out of piles with like 10 guys, and all of a sudden mm. there's another guy just draped around his legs that he carried for six yards. Yeah. He's super impressive. Um, I just think he needs to like refine the footwork and just kind of spend yeah. maybe – a few months to a year just kind of learning the game and learning how to be a pro quarterback, learning the finer nuances. He's a very intriguing product. I hope he doesn't land with the Raiders or someone in the AFC West because I think he could be a problem. The quote I saw is Anthony Richardson scares the hell out of you if you're playing against him and he scares the hell out of you if he's on your own team. Um, he's a project. I don't think a lot of these guys like a rich will even declare for college at this stage of their career anymore because they'll have NIL offers and they'll know they'll have to go back to the, to school. So between needing more development and having some compensation, they'll come back. I don't know that they wanted Anthony Richardson back. is why he's declared for the NFL. He couldn't start consistently. He is the ultimate roller coaster ride. Justin, he's also my QB3. Let's go. <laughs> um, and this does come down to grades. He is in that sneaky, lovely tier of end of the first, early second, where the guys with infinite potential, but a ton of bust potential and endless question marks go. Um, last week when we talked a little Sean Payton, Justin, you know, we we touched on team building trends with Sean Payton teams, and we touched on Parcells quarterbacks, him being a Parcells disciple. Anthony Richardson, not only is he not a Parcells QB, he doesn't check off a single box. He's not a senior. He hasn't graduated. He hasn't played enough games. He hasn't won enough games. He doesn't have the touchdown to interception ratio. He doesn't have the completion percentage, which should be over 60. He's a zero for five on the Parcells rules, baby. Um, but that arm is live. The uh, What you didn't touch on, Jake, is his elusiveness in the pocket. Yes. Like a magician, man. A magician. Mm -hmm. um, like With that. Please. If I could, his eye level, I mean, he's so good at keeping his eyes downfield. Even when shit like that is happening in front of him and he's got to make moves in the pocket, he's keeping his eyes downfield. Like he's he's confident. He knows that his size is a big advantage and he's confident in that ability to just get the ball out last second. He saves so many sacks and just like bad plays from being able to stay up that extra second longer and just throw the ball away. Yeah. Um, he's toolsy. Toolsy, 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 toolsy. Um, and yeah, he, he's going to, some of what you just described is amazing. Some of it is bad habits. You're going to have to get out of him. Definitely got to, uh, you know, refine a lot of the finer things. You're going to have to put him in a system that's going to suit him. Um, and he's a complete gamble. But I, I think the Trey Lance comp is a magnificent one. I get everything you guys are saying. I think the athletic traits are, when you think about the upside, you could put him with anybody in this class of what he could be under the right circumstances because, like you all mentioned, the elusivity, the arm strength, you love his throwing motion. To say that he's inconsistent would be an understatement. 
He's mm. inaccurate. Mm. Um, he'll make some really impressive touch passes on the move, especially where you see him like drop it in and the ball placement. It's like, oh my God, like how do you do that? And then he'll miss an out route on like a three-step drop that I just like sophomores in high school should be hitting. Or won't see like a crosser coming open yeah. that the play is designed to go to, you know, like some very one-on-one parts of quarterbacking are missing still. And mm-hmm. that's what terrifies me. And it's mm-hmm. why I can't even put him in my top five, because I think Damn. the upside is there. Like I, I could understand it, but that is a gamble that I am not comfortable taking as a GM, especially because I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I think he's going to go top 10 and I think it's going to be a bad spot and he's going to get rushed onto the field. And I just, it feels very Zach Wilson to me where we're talking ourselves into what we like about him and ignoring about 15 red flags because, well, that upside, maybe, maybe, or he's just another bust because he doesn't know how to actually play the quarterback position. And I I don't know. It, It would just, I would hate to be investing a first round pick on him if I truly needed to count on a quarterback to play in the next year or two. If I could draft him and stash him and develop him, shoot, why not? But I think he's going to go so much higher than what we have seen so far on the field. And when mm. I, you know, when we're talking about Bryce Young, I said, trust what you see. To an extent, I feel the same way with yeah. Anthony yep. Richardson. Fair. Yeah, Fair. yeah. The, Fair. I, I've seen some great spurts. I've seen so much inconsistency and so much rawness that I just think he's so far from being a competent NFL starting quarterback and. I don't. It works out sometimes, but far more frequently, it does not. Justin, can I play a game with you now? Yes. I want to throw you some high upside, toolsy, but raw guys in this class um, right. at premium positions. And if if these guys drop to the Broncos and Anthony Richardson drop to the Broncos, I want you to think, would you take player X or Anthony Richardson? Okay. Jalen Duncan, the offensive tackle from Maryland. Duncan, barely. But that's just because the priorities with this offensive line are too high for me to ignore that. There. The Wad Jones. The big-ass offensive right tackle for Ohio State. That's more intriguing to me because I think he he has more of a project and I could get behind stashing richardson this i mean it right has to be what like late second right. round third round yeah. or something like that right no we're I saying they drop to the broncos third round pick this is the scenario we're playing out for okay. whatever reason then yeah take i would i could take a flyer on him on the third round my biggest beef is just that i think he's going to be a top 15 pick and i think oh, there's so many red flags that it's 100 percent. yeah if yeah. it hits it's going to be great but you're yeah. placing a plus twenty five hundred dollar bet while there's you know, some plus 300 bets on the table. For sure. For sure. And I just think that's kind of like when I'm stacking my board, those are the conversations I'm having is like Anthony Richardson or a more limited ceiling, great tackle. Who's who might go in the late first, you know? Um, But like, that's the range. That's where you start to have those conversations. So, um, uh, but I, I get everything you're saying. He is a wacky fell man. Fun one, it's just though. one of those like I could totally it's, it's going to be dumb because the discourse of his career is going to be really annoying a couple years from now he's either going to be a boom or a bust and then people are going to be like see I told you I was still yep. right yep. I can That's completely see either of these either of these you know career trajectories happening like I could see him 
being the best quarterback out of this class because he has all of those athletic traits. And if it all comes together, yep, I can yep. see him never once being a competent NFL starting quarterback as well. And that's just, that's a tough gamble. Great note. The upside is that high. Could just be the yeah, best quarterback he's a freak. in this class. And you guys heard how high we are on the top two in the first segment. Give us your third then, man. Let's hear it, Jay Mike. Well, it's it's funny because I went boring, but I'm pretty intrigued by Tanner McKee of Stanford. Whoa. Let's go, Justin. <laughs> Justin, yes. Oh, yeah. man. I think there's a lot to work with. You love the frame, 6'6", 230. Pro-style quarterback. He's polished as a passer. He's accurate. He throws with zip, anticipation. He didn't see a ton of it in that Stanford offense, but he can stretch the field vertically. I think, you know, that the timing and touch is kind of leaving a little bit to be desired there, but I'll also say it's hard to judge because the talent at receiver just, it's not there for Stanford right now. And those, those guys just aren't getting open. He holds onto the ball too long. And at the same time, I'm like, well, is it him or is it these receivers not getting open? There's a lot to like. I'll just say he's a lot more polished as a as a quarterback than what we've seen from Richardson. And the the upside, I don't I think he's probably just like a run of the mill average starting quarterback. I, I think his floor is pretty decent though, and I, I don't think he's a huge gamble. Feels very Davis Mills esque. And I know that's kind of a lazy mm-hmm. comparison coming out of Stanford. It's valid. It's but valid. just a guy that has a lot to like as far as arm talent goes, he knows how to play the position. Like he he doesn't necessarily have all the raw arm talent, all the physical tools. He moves actually pretty well, especially for a guy that's six six, a two thirty. He understands how to play the quarterback position, and I think he's going to be able to pick up on an NFL system really quickly. Yeah, you talk about a guy like Davis Mills. That's exactly what he did. He was a guy who ran a pro-style offense in college, came in in a terrible situation in the NFL, and still was able to run an offense and have success at times. Granted, that team was terrible, and I think a lot of that falls on that rather than Davis Mills. He was terrible, terrible. And that tape can be tough to digest sometimes. Like, honestly, there there were some much better quarterbacks who are staying in school just, just like on what the tape looked like last year, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, with Stanford and what I noticed a lot last year, and this is a credit to David Shaw too, when they're on that scripted drive, that first offensive drive, that offense was, that's the best offense looked all game. And when they made adjustments in the second half, that second, that, First drive of the second half was usually their best drive of the second half. Um, and it kind of just fell apart from there because Stanford just doesn't really have the talent anymore. But that's what stood out to me is you really see it, I think, on those drives when it's all schemed up, when Tanner McKee is able to just run the offense, not do uh, too much and just get the ball where it needs to go. He's a nice player. I think he's going to surprise people. Where does he rank for you, Jake? He didn't make my top five, but I, he's one of the guys I'm glad you brought him up, Justin, because he's a, like for a late round guy or not even a late round guy, like a third round pick, like Broncos area. Um, if he's around and there's not going to be other really like tackles or anything you need in the third round, I'd maybe consider it. Am I completely off base, Jay? Where are you at with him? No, I think, um, I think he's an intriguing one for sure. This is, uh, a class where I was focused a little more on the Parcells rules guys. Um, so both McGee and Jaron Hall are kind of like, ah, there's stuff to like, but there's also like, 
I don't know. I've seen a lot of these guys. I'm I'm a little skeptical that that they'll pop. I think I think there's definitely like a day two profile there, and sometimes it's day two tape, and sometimes it's day three tape. And that's where it's a really tough eval in that offense. And what we've seen in the NFL is guys who are forced to struggle with lesser teams tend to kind of benefit from it once they get to the NFL and they're playing with more talented teammates. So if that happens with McGee, yeah, he could be a low-end starter, um, high-end backup for sure. And I think in some ways the ceiling is higher than some of these guys and the the floor is higher than some. So, I mean, I get it. I get it for sure. I like his floor. I th- he just feels safer than a lot of these guys, including four who I have, Will Levis. And look, he can rip the hell out of the football. I think he has the biggest arm in this class. Um, Interesting. I, I just, I don't know. I there, I never felt like he elevated that offense at any point this season. The footwork and touch leave a lot to be desired. That Kentucky O-line isn't great, but I also feel like he started feeling ghosts and started leaving clean pockets at times and then would kind of abandon plays before they even had an opportunity to develop. The upside is really great. I don't know, though. I just I see people comparing him to Josh Allen. I don't think the athleticism is quite there. He's got the size, obviously, but it's it's just not the same. I also never saw him just kind of lead his team and this it's hard to have this be like tangible but like we talked about with Bryce Young just when the lights were brightest in the biggest moments so consistently it was Will Levis missing open receivers turnover in the red zone turnover on downs and it's just like at some point I want to see just a little bit of that if he is that guy like can he elevate you and lead you to victory in the moment and as inconsistent as Allen was at Wyoming you did see that in the biggest games like Allen was just going to get them up the field he single-handedly beat CSU in two border wars. Like, I just would have liked to have seen more from him this year after coming in very intrigued and thinking he would probably be a guy that could push Stroud for that number two spot. He just didn't quite live up to my expectations, and maybe I'm being a little too harsh as a result of that, but I just can't buy in the same way that other people are. For yeah. me, he was... Oh, go ahead, Dre. Down down year, um, dealing with some injuries. A bit Josh Allen-y in that Josh Allen's last year had way fewer flashes, but in retrospect, it was like, man, Josh grew up a little bit. Like he learned that he can he doesn't just have to like take off and break five tackles to succeed. Like sometimes you can just throw a quick five yard out. Um his Accuracy at times is surprising to me, better than I anticipated. Where he really leaves stuff to be desired is throwing on the run. Uh, you just don't like for a guy who, oh, he's so toolsy, upside, this, that, athlete, big arm. It's like that, that shit almost doesn't matter if you can't just like, if you don't have that break glass in case of emergency, I'm going to just run out the pocket and like throw a dart. Um, and then he does that Kyle Trask thing where like, instead of throwing from awkward platforms, as you'd imagine, like back footed or kind of like sideways or he's like front foot loaded, which I just don't like that doesn't, that's not going to go far for you. That's actually making it harder for you to throw in all ways possible. Um, 
But like, hey, in fairness, Kentucky, they this program hasn't won like this in a minute. Um, and if you watch the 21 tape where he's raw and just relying on his athleticism and size and physicality, um, there's more to like. And just the team seems to have a general swag around him. He also had much better receivers and O-line in 21. And I see some Daniel Jones to his game for sure. Um, I just like, it's to me that the, the ceiling is only so high. So he's a second round grade and he's actually behind Hendon hooker as my fifth quarterback. Age was the only thing that kept Hendon hooker out of my mm-hmm. top five Indeed. and coming off of the injury, obviously, but mostly yep. age. But I think that's fair. I mean, I, I would have had Hooker in the top five if he wasn't coming off injury. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about Hendon Hooker. He's very interesting. Um, for me, Will Levis was like a combination of Tua and Ryan Tannehill. Um, and I'll get to the Tua part for wow. I know that's kind of weird. Tannehill um, makes but, a ton of sense. <laughs> Tua, you'll have to explain. So with the Tua thing, he was best at Alabama in that play-action RPO game. And I think Will Levis runs that really, really well. He's very sudden. Um, he reads it very quickly in those instances and the it's that athleticism he has really shines through in those scenarios because I think, um, you know, booting out on like a play action or something, he's really quick running that game. Um, and then Tannehill is more obvious. It's the size, the athleticism, um, kind of the rawness in terms of not being a finished project product coming out. Um, great arm strength, uh, easy arm strength. I mean, he doesn't really need to try to get mustard on it. It just zips out of his hand. Um, but what you said, Dre, the second play stuff with him, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just not there. And the panic really sets in when the initial play is not there. And I don't see enough from him in those second plays, that improvisational ability to really wow me and make me believe that this guy is going to make it work in the NFL. Cause a lot of that is the NFL is. What happens when the play breaks Indeed. down? What can you do for me? And it's panic sets in really quickly. And you talked about, you know, messes with his mechanics on the run, throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, just he can get out of plays and like obviously extend a play, but it's not at the same level of guys like, um, you know, Hendon Hooker, you throwing Bryce um, where the play breaks down and they just it's instinctual for them. It's not for Will Levis. It's a bit of one read and go, which I think Justin alluded to in his first breakdown. Uh, One thing I neglected to say, and I do want to mention, under center experience. Um, So say what you will about his footwork, but he does have that. And I, again, that's another Daniel Jones comp as you've got, or, or even Josh Allen comp. You do at least have some examples on tape of like, oh, he can't get under center. He can't do a three-step drop. Um, That stuff isn't foreign to him. Good point. The uh, my number five, I've got Jake Hayner of Fresno State, and oh, yeah. he's six one, two hundred pounds. So you know you're gonna have some of the same concerns about Bryce Young regarding size. He's a little bit bigger. He missed six, six, significant time. I don't know why I'm getting so tongue tied today <laughs> uh, with an injury this past season. So you you already have that as an example that's already creeping in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest arm you're gonna see, but. He can rip it in there on the intermediate stuff. He throws guys open. The timing is there. The ball placement is there. Throws a nice deep ball, can hit guys in stride. His best skill, in my opinion, is the ability to create something out of nothing. What we just talked about with that Will Levis lacks, Hayner has in spades. He's phenomenal at 
running in a circle and having some of that Mahomes. And all of a sudden there's a guy 30 yards downfield that he hits on the sideline. You worry he's going to get lit up if he does too much of that. And that's kind of what happened and, you know, limited Fresno's ceiling as a whole. Go back and watch them though over the last eight, nine weeks of the season. And that offense is absolutely roaring. He's a guy that, in my opinion, helped his stock at the senior bowl. I think he had to show that he could do it with the, you know, other athletes that are non-Mountain West players, whether that's fair or not, those guys always have to show out at the senior bowl. He did good. You know, I just I, I think he's got a really high ceiling. I don't know if he's necessarily or he's got a really high floor. I don't I don't know if necessarily he's gonna be yeah. an elite NFL quarterback, but he's smart. The traits are there. And if nothing else, I think he's a, a serviceable starter or high end backup. Yeah, you can already already identify several backups in the NFL currently who he'd be a, a nice upgrade over. Anybody um, Denver's had the last couple of years. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. A little Mayfield Manzelian in in some of his game. Um uh, yeah, the the floor ceiling combo is just a little harder for me. That's fair. And I, I missed that when I was speaking there, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. I just um I think he's fun, man. I think some of it to an extent. I think all of the fun qualities you can point out in Anthony Richardson, you can also give (laughs) Hayner. He doesn't have the same athletic traits, you know, the same ceiling in that regard. But just in terms of like this guy, he's fun to watch, but he doesn't have so many inconsistencies. The decision making is is relatively solid for a guy that kind of plays that gun shooter style where you're running around Brett Favre, Mahomes-esque. Yeah. And he's just tough as hell, man. He in the nails. biggest moments, like that that Rose Bowl win over UCLA, damn near beat Oregon on the road. They went toe to toe with USC, like multiple bowl wins against Power Five teams. He elevated that Fresno State program in mm. a way that you know you got to go back to like Derek Carr. So I I'm very That's intrigued sweet. with him. I think he's just a winner, and you know he's a little bit smaller. He's not going to go in the first couple rounds, but potentially I think a third, fourth, fifth round steal for somebody. Leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, he's like the next Minshew, right? Like that backup who people seldom know that then like is put in for a five-game stretch and like the general public goes insane off of. Sorry, Jake, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I I love Jake Hainer, man. He throws darts. He's tough as nails. He has that mobility. Um, You do worry about the jump up in competition. uh, To your point, Dre, I can totally hear, hear Bill Simmons and Sal like week eight. Next year, a quarterback goes down the road. Hayner, who's this Hayner yeah, guy yeah. coming I in? I like you this guy. I mean? He's got yeah, some exactly. nails to him. He's tough. Yeah, exactly. 100%. happen. You heard it here first. Yeah, 100%. Where's he ranked for you? He was just outside my top five. I was debating between him, uh, Hooker, Stetson even, DTR. You want my pick? Who'd you settle on? DTR. All right, for the you guys for the brand on these number five (laughs) quarterbacks. This is huge. Love this for you. Go, go, floor is yours, sir. I mean, you talk about a guy who has a weird combination of experience, and he's not that old. Um, In terms of his age, he is twenty three now. He'll turn twenty four in November. Um, I like that a lot more than some of the other quarterbacks that are older. I mean, the stats are out of control. He threw for over 10,000 yards in college, had a 63% completion that entire time, uh, over 
13, 50 attempts, just throwing the football. He has the two to one interception ratio. I don't know if he checks off all the Bill Parcells rules, but damn, he's close, man. And no, I thought he did when I checked. Yeah, so it, that doesn't surprise me. He's, I mean, it's all there just looking at the stat book. Um, but uh, you talk about a player that's improved every single year mm-hmm. that he's seen more and more playing time. And really, I think it came to an apex at a bit last year where he was just fully in control, fully confident. The running game was going. I mean, he even had the swag when he was juking guys this year and stuff like that confidence really turned into a different type of swagger this year. Um, He's got the arm. He can throw it all over the field. The decision making is still kind of iffy at times, and that's going to be the hard thing with him. But he's got the tools and he's got the experience and he's got the um, age at that experience. Yeah, if you're trying to follow the like Jalen Hurts playbook, I think DTR is like a a cheap way to try and attempt to do that. I I love DTR. Um, I, I think his ceiling's a little capped, but that's okay. Um, like out of my top five, he is the guy for sure. And you like a lot of these guys, which I'd I'd like to get into in a sec. But Hendon Hooker, I think we should touch on. Real quick, um, to me, the grade for Hooker and Levis is, you know, neck and neck. I actually think just like pure traits and tape, Hooker has the advantage. And then once you start assessing the off-field stuff, that allows you to kind of find those margins, right? Um, Levis gains on Hooker, and they're they're going to be a second-round grade for both where I think the the ceiling is a potential average NFL starter. Hooker's mobility does not get talked enough, and it's mm-hmm. on a big body. The vertical arm is there, though he's not as consistent as maybe the, the stats may suggest. As a thrower, he'll have to work on that. What I love about the guy, aside from the fact that he checks off a lot of boxes, he has that swagger. He has that never-say-die to him. Um, after Bryce, he might be like the, the swaggiest quarterback of all. And it's a bit of a like quiet, like, we're just going to come back on the next play and get you. Um, and I love that the system he comes from the injury, the age concerns for sure. Um, but that, that confidence leads to some poise leads to not being scared to go through your reads, uh, to the point of sometimes he holds on to it maybe a little too long. But um, he's for an older guy, he's still a little raw. And that intrigues me because I think you refine some stuff systematically, mechanically, um, just slowing things down. And he could get to a point where he's not like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but I, I, I can see a top 12 to 15 profile here. I really can. Um, you know, Gino's the easy comp. He's way more mobile than Gino was. Like, it's not even close. Um, and he's just big. Like, he he runs well. He's mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me, him and Will Levis are neck and neck. Like, if you think Will Levis is worth a top five pick, please consider investing a top 60 pick in Hendon Hooker. Like, I think the return on investment is going to be fairly similar. The thing with Hooker for me, um, obviously all the off-field stuff. I mean, he just turned 25 in January. It's so probably old. not going to see the field until maybe at best January, December-ish. 
Yeah. Even then, he probably doesn't play his first NFL snap until he's 26. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if the ceiling, if we're seeing more of the ceiling at this point um, oh, sure. than we sure. could see in the NFL. The offense made it a tough evaluation for me, too. It's very Baylor-like. Like, a lot of, like, half-field reads, just straight bombs and screens. Um, So I don't really know what I'm getting in terms of, like, being able to process reads. You do see him go through reads. He does read the field. There are Mm -hmm. situations Mm -hmm. um, and plays in that offense where he is reading the whole field and stuff. Um, But I just wanted to see that a little bit more. But as you said, Dre, the traits are there in terms of physical ability. There's a beautiful deep ball. Um, gets a lot of loft on it. Um, he's an intriguing product. I just don't know if, I mean, you talk about Jalen Hurts. The ceiling was so much higher with Jalen Hurts than it is with uh, Hendon Hooker coming out. And that's where I kind of struggle with him. He's fun, man. He was the most fun player in college football last year. But just some of those big moments in that offense and what they were able to accomplish. The deep ball, I mean, it's easy to fall in love with. Just the arc that he gets and he drops it in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, though, the toughest thing for me when evaluating him outside of how much do I really care about the age is just his receivers are always open. The offense is inherently going to you know, kind of create some big plays, especially when you have those elite athletes on the outside. He also elevated that Tennessee offense in a way that we haven't seen in the 21st century. So I think he deserves some big credit for that. And if I'm going to credit Bryce Young, if I'm going to credit Hayner for living up to, you know, the, the bright moments, he certainly needs to be in that conversation. Cause I think he was going to win the Heisman if he stayed healthy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I hate the age. I hate the injury. I mean, if those two <laughs> things were different, we're having yeah. such a different conversation with him. hundred percent, hundred percent. It'll be really interesting to see how intrigued the NFL is by him. Because there's a lot to like, there's a lot to be skeptical about. I mean, he is as tough an eval as anyone here, I think. Yeah, he was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, how you could describe a lot of these guys. A lot to like, but tough to forecast. That's in Bennett. There's a lot to like if you watch him long enough. It's also hard to forecast, like, is the ceiling really that much higher than what we've already seen? Mm-hmm. But if you want a guy that just knows how to play the quarterback position, consistently he's going to make good decisions as a better athlete than I think he gets credit for. I mean, Stetson is all of those things. I also could not in good conscience draft him over a lot of these guys. Cause when you just look at the, the traits, like even as critical as I was with Anthony Richardson, I still think you'd have to take like an Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. in the third round over Stetson Bennett. His ceilings are just so hard to, how can you how can you say he's any higher than like a system backup? He's Baker I mean, Mayfield. Oh my god, but Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick, Jake. You know, like, I know, but current Baker Mayfield, that's who Stetson Bennett is, where he's like yeah. you can probably throw him in a game and he'll do yes. okay. He might actually even wow you at times, but right. as a starter, you're not gonna you're not gonna go anywhere with him as your long term starter, I don't think. He's just too easy to game plan. Like, take eliminate all space. Like, once the windows get tight, it's going to be really hard for him. Once he has to really be a premier athlete and bail out of pockets, it's going to get tight for him. Once you get in his face and use the length of your D-line, it's going to get hard for him. Once you start hitting him, it's going to get hard for him. The first half against Ohio State, very telling. As soon as he's not just a game manager and tries to force a few things, things didn't quite work out. 
you want to talk about throwing to wide open dudes, fuck, it doesn't get more wide open than the Georgia offense. And like, how many times has he been in a situation where it's like, shit, we're down two possessions, man. Like the ball's in your hand. Never. When they're down against Ohio State in the second half, what do they do? They run the ball. Like, they're not like, oh, it's time to put it in your hands. It's an opposite. Like, you're just never going to have those benefits in the NFL ever. Playing behind that line, playing with those playmakers. So it's just like, I don't know. I like him better than Jake Fromm. I like him better than Ian Book, but I think that's exactly mm-hmm. the tier where he's at. Well, and we talked about with CJ Stroud, how frequently are you playing teams that have even equal oh, competition oh. to you, if not better, once, maybe twice a year right, at the end right. of the season? You're in the easier half of the SEC. Yeah, yeah, just you don't see enough plus traits, I think, there to really fall in love with a man. You know, not to make light of what was potentially a bad situation, but he can't handle his beer either and uh, got that public <laughs> intoxication recently, which is going to hurt him because huge point. He was like at a point where his stock was probably the highest it was going to be. You're coming off of another national yes. championship run. Yes. You know, people are starting to talk themselves into, well, I mean, yeah, there was a ton of talent around him, but he was the quarterback these last couple of years. Now you just give anybody a reason to be like, yeah. And then all of a sudden the, the critiques start coming out as well. Like, unfortunate. I think he probably had a chance to be like a third, fourth round pick after the the mm-hmm. rise, whether he should have been or not. But I, I'm guessing he's like a sixth round pick. I if think that, no. I think you guys are right in terms of like where he will go. But I think he still will surprise and kind of outplay his draft stock when he is asked to play. Um, he can win you a game. I'd have him on the roster, man. Like okay. I yeah. talk about better than most backup quarterbacks. Like, yeah, give me Stetson Bennett over Brett Rippon any day of the week. 100%. No doubt about that. Um, I'd be remiss if we didn't touch on Max Duggan. The Duggan. (laughs) You like the athleticism. You like like so much, yes. The consistency. I don't know. The touch. I don't know. But the arm strength and the athleticism are both very intriguing. And if you want to talk about a guy that's just got some fucking dog in him, he's a bad mofo uh, out there. Yeah. He's um man, he's intriguing and the traits in terms of being able to like play and move um and throw on the run, I guess are where you kind of get excited, but I kind of feel like the ceiling's a bit limited. I had a good comp. I feel like it's escaping me right now. Um come back to me and I'll try and find it. He's got some of that like when things get tighter does he trust his arm or is he just gonna bail and run um there's sneaky like a decent amount of like my first read isn't there i'm running um like bryce young cj strout certainly anthony richardson and will levis did not have the benefit of some of the absurd contested catches that duggan benefited from Mm -hmm. this year like that that shit like there's a lot of plays where it's like oh man next year that that might be an INT um but there are stretches in that big 12 run where he made some unbelievable throws and um he's he's a tough assessment because i i don't know that i believe in the ceiling that much um but there's a lot of competitive nature and stuff so it's it's kind of like is he just a fun backup um 
you know, but he's a, he's a good eval. Like he's, we're going to, he's the classic, like a year from now I'll be watching some TCU tape and be like, shit, this, this guy's throwing some nice passes. Yep. These are some nice throws. He's diet Sam Howell. Oh, wow. Also, Ray shout Kong. out to Sam Howell. You see my Ray boy Kong. getting some hype recently? Is, is that happening? The Sam Howell train is full all board? I'm, I think Rivera said he's going to be first in line to be the starter this next year. And oh, uh, Taylor Heineke was on the Pat McAfee show uh, during Super Bowl week saying he's a dude. He can play. Wow. There you go. Look at that. Sam Howell. Gassing him up. I, uh, the last thing I'll say on him. I think the biggest distinction between him and Hayner or Young or some of these other quarterbacks that have displayed some elusivity, some quickness, Hayner runs around, but he's looking to throw. He's mm-hmm. looking to stretch mm-hmm. the field when he's, you know, he's looking to create something. Duggan, as you mentioned, I think it is a lot of, oh, he's not open. I'm going to get out of the pocket. And he's looking to run. And he made it work. Like to his credit, that, you know, game tying drive in the Big 12 championship game, that's just his, him. Every single play decided to take off and go in for 10 to 15 yards a pop. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they didn't put a spy on him and just stop that, but Big 12 defense, that's a whole different thing. I, I just worry, you know, is, is he going to try and rely on that too much, especially when NFL windows are tighter, everything, you know, you have to right. process so much faster. I could see him very quickly developing some bad habits where it's just, I'm just going to bail. Michigan too. Like as things got tighter, and his arm was tested a little more. He was just like, screw it, I'm going to run. And it worked, but not yeah. when he played a real defense in Georgia. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the concern. That's not NFL quarterbacking right there. And he's like, he hasn't played a ton. That's the other, yeah, it's just not a large sample size. Like the, a lot of the, the plus traits, I mean, great but he didn't even earn the starting job out of the preseason like there's is a different world in which we never even see max duggan this year he didn't he played in 47 career games though he does have that he's appeared in a lot of games very few played at a high level but those final teens were insanely good so I mean, you look at the stats, they all went up year by year, man. Um, the COVID season kind of throws a wrench into things, but touchdowns went up, interceptions uh kind of stayed at a decent level. Um, completion percentage went up a bit, yardage went up. He's yeah. learning. Yeah, no, for sure. He's trending in the right direction. I think it's a it's a fun quarterback class, man. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that maybe are more well known than your average quarterback class. And the fun thing is so many of the guys that went back, like that 2024 quarterback class is going to be insane. So many of the dudes that probably would have been in our top five are going back to college football and as college football fans, that's fun. Like that is the part of NIL that I like the most is that it keeps some of these top heavy guys, you know, in school, even if it's only for one more year, that's one more year we get with all these guys. Um, I know we want to get out of here, but which quarterback would you guys want for the Broncos at that third round pick? We talked about that last week, Dre, how Sean Payton has been investing more in the quarterback position where he was in New Orleans towards the end of his tenure there. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what he tried to do with guys like Taysom Hill. I think it's an intriguing uh, question yeah. here. Which quarterback? I don't know about with a third round pick, but the quarterback I'd like to see Sean Payton have as a backup is DTR. 
no doubt in my mind. No doubt. He kind of fits the best of both worlds. I think he could be a really solid backup, and I think he could give you some of those Taysom Hill running quarterback packages that Sean Payton's been experimenting with for like a decade now. I'm going to go Hayner, but I want to say Richardson under the Mm. just allowing Mm. him to work with an offensive mind like Sean Payton, where I'm hesitant. The only quarterback that he drafted, Garrett Grayson, the reason that he did not succeed in that system, it's really hard to pick up a Sean Payton offense. It's really complex. So a guy like Richardson, who's not necessarily a master at his craft yet, you know, that could be quite the uphill climb. Give me a guy like Hayner as a guy you could trust as a backup to play two, three games if he needed. I'd be intrigued by what Peyton could do with DTR, but man, he's got to get Jake Hayner. He made Drew Brees, Drew Brees work being an undersized quarterback hmm. who just threw darts all over the place. This is may try to make Drew, Jake Hayner into Drew Brees. That should be his project. I mean, the guy has obvious arm talent. Try and hide his weaknesses like you did with Drew Brees and see what you got. It's not, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible idea. I mean, that's the beauty is under Sean Payton, you feel a lot better about just about every one of these guys. Mm-hmm. So that's where the equation changes. All right, fellas, we'll have to do this all again next week. This was a blast. Absolutely looking forward to getting into it. Shout out to the presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that app, use the promo code DNVR. All kinds of action going on for the Super Bowl. Make sure you're tuned into DNVR Bets daily, as well as the DNVR Rams, DNVR Bus Pods. We have all of that stuff covered for y'all. Shout out to all of you. Thank you for the support. This is our time of year. We're looking forward to it. Much love. Peace. Peace.